We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Janelle and I are flying in to this episode like Lucas Patrick, uh, <laughs> returning a kick return. Uh, hopefully we don't fumble it, but uh, as always, I am Matt Freilich. You can catch me on Twitter at Matt underscore FRA underscore. You can find Janelle as well on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Janelle, we finally have a, a victory, I guess as we're recording, Victory Monday to talk about the yeah. Packers. They are now 4-4-1 four, four, and one on the year. Haven't lost at home, haven't won on the road, but a great game, I mean, from this past weekend. Um, I think this is closer to a complete football game that we finally saw from the Packers. You know, a couple quirks along the way that we'll you know, definitely talk about and scru- you know, scrutinize. But um, the Packers make it out of there 31-12. A few more injuries than you'd probably like to see coming on a short week versus Seattle on Thursday. But, you know, it's... I guess the big thing that the average fan is going to look at, Janelle, is Aaron Jones. Finally gets to that, you know, that threshold of 15 rushes and does a hell of a lot with them. What did you see from Aaron Jones this week? Um, I was just happy to see him being utilized early, mm-hmm. uh, right away, and seeing him. He's just a slippery runner. Like, somehow 
even if he's getting hit, he kind of like bounces around like a pinball and somehow ends up getting the first down. Mm -hmm. So I like the way that he just kind of slips through and bounces around. And there was one time, I think, where he kind of landed on the defender, got up and kept running. So I think he has a really aggressive mentality. I like what I'm seeing. He has the mentality and the physical ability to run down the field like he wants to. I think he had, what was it, a Mm 67-yard long run. Yeah. So I like what I'm seeing. I like that he's being used a lot more. And obviously, a couple touchdowns on the day. Mm -hmm. So... 15 touches still seems like a little low from mm-hmm. what I would like. And he did have, what was it, five targets? Uh, yeah, five three, targets, three, three receptions. Yep. Yeah. I know the first one they looked at him, he dropped it. I was like, you know, if he could. That's not a good start. Yeah, like, I was it's like, not, you're okay, not building confidence. I was really worried, like, right away. Oh, no, he dropped the first pass. Rodgers tried to throw to him. McCarthy's going to pull the plug on him. Mm-hmm. That was my initial reaction because I feel like every time he makes a small mistake, he gets benched but he did come back out there and I think it's unarguable that he is the star running back of this team and could compete for being a star running back in this league absolutely I mean you look at like you said exactly his aggression aggression getting up through the line um veterans on this team you know if you consider Devonta Adams a veteran Byron Bell have both been quoted um after the game just talking about the way he runs uh yesterday on the uh, Pack-A-Day podcast that you're listening to, uh, Andy Herman and Peter Bukowski joined Andy, and he had a quote from Byron Bell saying that you know Byron Bell's played with guys like Jonathan Stewart, uh, D'Angelo Williams, Ezekiel Elliott, and he, he put Jones right up there next to Elliott. And if you watched Sunday Night Football, I guess it would have been on two days ago, you saw how Ezekiel Elliott runs. And to, to compare Aaron Jones like Byron Bell did, who's been in this league for a long, long time, to someone like Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, speaks volumes. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's far-stretched. I mean, you watch the way he runs, and Devontae said he, he just he goes after guys. Like, it's, it, you don't see that. He doesn't, there's no wasted real movements with him. Um, he's kind of setting up to find if he can hit the hole, and he, he bursted through. Um, you know, the, the inside was the 10-yard line. They had the, you know, the quick hike that Aaron Rodgers had, and Aaron... Aaron Jones is in the end zone by the time anyone even touches him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, you know, kind of gets a guy off guard, but if you can, you know, give him an opportunity like that and, you know, have the team team on its heels, the defense on his heels is just going to work out better for him. But, you know, again, we did see uh, Jamal Williams on the field again, and uh, Peter also brought up a good point in his uh, the episode from yesterday just about how some teams will spell running backs in this league. Uh, you know, maybe or even have uh, a running back that's more you know versatile for a third down or a you know a short yarded situation, what have it. But Mike McCarthy almost takes a, a different approach. He always talks about using the hot hand, and but then it'll be you know first series, second series, third series, and all of a sudden Jamal Williams is there, and all of a sudden the Packers go oh, you know three and out. Yeah, it's and very strange. The issue with that is past seasons there's been a fullback to fill that position. Mm-hmm. So if it was, like, third and one, you bring Rutkowski in, and yeah. he's going to plow for that one yard. Now you don't have that. You have two backs now that Montgomery is out of here. Mm-hmm. So you have Jones and Williams. So you kind of have to pick which one you think is going to – you want Jones who's going to kind of slip through. Williams, he does have that um, bigger body type. Sure. Is he going to plow through? I don't think he's big enough, mm-hmm. like the fullback type. So – in that situation, yeah, I would say 
give it to Aaron Jones because he's hot and he, he's been reading the defense this whole time. So he can kind of see where the gaps are going to be, who like what spot's weak, where he can go. So I'd say in that situation, only bring Williams in when Jones needs a rest. Yes. Otherwise, Williams should not have been in except for when Jones needed a break and towards the end of the game to prevent injury. Right, and not a full series. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Janelle, talking about fullback, you really got me excited here. Like, yeah, I'm thinking, like, Joe Carriage. Like, are we going to see him activated? Like, I like, really – I love fullbacks. I love full- – how do you not like fullbacks? People – It's just I, a big guy who comes in and just – his job is to just plow through the line. Exactly. So. No, fullbacks are great. Uh, sticking on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Marcos Valdez-Scantling, huge, huge game. I would say uh, statistically not great. I think yeah, he's had about six, six catches. catches for about fifty-four yards, but but they're some, crucial catches and so. some like whoa, like you caught that. There was a couple where I was like out of my seat. I'm like, how did you hang on to that ball? Um, and I just building that chemistry clearly with Aaron Rodgers. He trusts him at this point, which again referencing the episode from yesterday, uh, Peter talking about how it took you know probably a good year and a half of football for Devontae Adams to develop that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I remember that year, Devontae Adams' rookie year, saying how they should have cut him after the year because I was just so fed up with him. And he couldn't hang on to the ball. He you know, found, it, found out that he's injured through the year. But MVS playing fantastic ball. You did see Rodgers spread it out a little bit to the tight ends too. We saw our, uh, Mercedes Lewis who some of us yeah, may have forgot he was on the team. Yeah. Uh, Lance Kendrick's getting a couple catches, and Jimmy Graham as well. But um, Jimmy Graham with his one catch to show that he did yeah, show up He's to the still game. here. He's still here. Uh, all in all, Rodgers doesn't pass 100, or excuse me, 200 yards. He finishes with 199, but didn't really have to throw for a lot. The defense, along with Aaron Jones, really stepped up. You look at the defense now, they're tied for the league lead in sacks. Uh, six sacks coming last night, Janelle, and you reminded me that they were all from six different players. Uh, that's huge. You're... Except for my only issue is none from the edge rushers. <laughs> none from the well, none from the the starting edge rushers yeah. that we're paying twenty one or twenty three million dollars to, uh, and that's you know another conversation to get into. And we've talked about that almost every episode, and I'm sure us and the other you know people that are contributing to this podcast are also getting you know. We're winded talking about how Nick Perry isn't performing. You, know, you can say what you want if he's he was injured. He gets hurt again last night with a little hyperextended knee. I think that's an issue for me, though, is the only time I heard Nick Perry's name called was for the injury timeout yeah. on him. Yep, absolutely. So I'm like, he's not showing that he's pre- present, no. which for an edge rusher, you need to have your, your name called a couple times. You yes. need to be a threat. So to not hear his name at all kind of makes me think that his – Time in Green Bay might be. It's getting there. I mean, they have some money wrapped up with him, but Kyler Kyler Fackerel is making huge strides in this team. Um, I'm. I was happy with his performance yesterday. Yeah, I'm eating crow every time he does anything huge because he's. I would never expected this to happen from him, and he does it on limited snaps. He's playing awesome. Uh, the interior line again. Kenny Clark is just. He's should be a Pro Bowler. I think yeah. at this point in the year. Um, I mean, I would be scared if someone like that ran at me. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I mean, and he's just setting the tone for, you know, other guys, like you said, not the normal edge guys, but, you know, safeties and cornerbacks come off the edge. You had Raven Green, who had some plays yesterday, which probably wouldn't have got on the field along with Tony Brown, but there were injuries. You know, Kevin King doesn't play. Um, Jair does get banged up at one point. Breland goes out. Uh, I guess 
everyone I saw in the secondary, Janelle, Kentrell Bryce goes out. Everyone I saw in the secondary played okay for me. Breland started horrible. We talked about that before yeah, we started recording. Before he recording, he was, was like... brutal. He had a couple plays, or he had the one we were talking. I was talking about where he ran into the our defensive back and the receiver, and I mean the the guy he's covering is open for a you know. 10, 15 yard out, and he's not within yeah, you know, 20 he, yards of him. He just didn't look like he was mentally in the game, and it was frustrating for about, I think there was about three plays where I'm just yeah. like, come on, Breland. Consecutively, where he's just out of position. Um, the other person I saw that I wasn't very impressed with was Josh Jackson. Uh, I really liked Josh Jackson. I don't know if it's scheme right now for putting him not in the right spots. I think I'm, I'm frustrated with his tackling, Yeah, which is the biggest part is, and it's not just him, but it was a lot of him yesterday, mm-hmm. where it's just simple wrap the guy up instead of, but it's a lot of right now just running into the guy and hoping that he doesn't get those extra yards. He so. had one or two I saw against Frank Gore, who Frank Gore still got it. I mean, this isn't... He, at least, if it looked like it against If you us. watch any Dolphins games this year, and I know they're far and few between, but that they're on you know TV, at least around the Green Bay area... Uh, Frank does still have it. It wasn't just like, you know, this resurgence game for Frank Gore at 35 years young. But he's, I mean, you watch these other games, and he's still explosive. He's still he's still productive. And I, I'm surprised Kenyon Drake only had eight rushes on the year. I thought Kenyon, or excuse me, yet on, in the game, I thought Kenyon Drake would be a little bit more dynamic for this team this year, especially even against the Packers. I know they can have a tough time matching up against uh, elusive and pass-catching uh, running backs, but... That has never happened. Um, but, again, great, great performance by the defense. I think Mike Pettin has these guys, you know, it, it, he's mixing and matching, too. It's not like mm-hmm. he's missing a few guys here and there or even not getting productivity like we have just talked about from his edge rushers that we're paying a lot of money for. He's still putting in whoever need, you know, whoever is in there, and they're going to go and make plays. I mean, from Tony Brown, Raven Green, to Kyler Fackrell, to – uh, Lancaster to Dean Lowry who had a sack. I mean, there's and, and you can plug and play anyone in his defense right now, which is exactly what the Packers need. Yeah, and I'm really happy with coming off the bye, mm-hmm. three consecutive weeks of being happy with what the defense is doing, yeah. mm-hmm. which is kind of surprising because the first half of the season it was a lot of kind of uneasiness with oh, yeah. how I felt about the defense. But coming off of the break, I really think that they're – really flowing especially since alexander's been back from injury Mm -hmm. and yeah really my only issue right now is making sure that you tackle yes because i'm sick of seeing the contact and then the the receiver or whoever gets an extra three yards for the first down Mm -hmm. just because of simple tackling errors but going back to raven green Mm -hmm. he was kind of like my who is that and then it turned into, wow, who's that? Mm-hmm. So, because he did get really involved, and obviously I'd never heard of him before. And he's also involved in the fake punt. Yes. Which kind of really got his name out there. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to talk about... Yeah, no, special teams, too. Uh, it's a third facet of the game, and that... <laughs> I think I'm frustrated you... the most with special teams. Yeah, right I'm, fr- I'm frustrated the most, too, and I think... If the Dolphins don't run a fake punt, I don't think Ron Zook, it even crosses his brain to even run a fake yeah, punt either. Yeah, he just did it to say, we can do it too. Yeah, he like woke up, he's like, I can, holy cow, you can actually like call a fake. Like You can run the ball, you don't have to kick it, you don't have to have J.K. Scott kick the ball. Yeah, and I think Green, for obviously not really playing before, mm-hmm. 
did a really good job executing it. And yeah. Honestly, J.K. Scott fooled me. You did. And then I just see Green cutting, and I was like, oh, wait, that was a fake. And yep. first down, so I, I was faked out, which, and, I mean, sometimes it doesn't take a lot for that. but. <laughs> <laughs> and that was probably the highlight of special teams. I know there was a, I think, I believe J.K. Scott had a pretty good punt earlier in the game. But outside of that, I mean, you have, like we said, to start the, the podcast, Lucas Patrick fielding a kick and running full steam ahead. It reminded me like a high school football game, you know, where it's like a, just a bad kick because it happens like, yeah. you know, one out of five times in high school. And like this lineman like, gets like it. Grounder. Yeah. And the lineman gets it and he's just, you know, trudging forward and shouldn't have the ball ever. Offensive linemen should never Kinda have the ball. Know how to run it's with it. frightening. He's just running straight. Yeah. No Not cutting is just a straight Very concerning. Run. And so he fumbles. Uh, you have. Tremont Williams also fumbling, which is really odd for Tremont. It just you and hope the, the blocked punt too. The blocked punt, exactly. There's so many, and then and obviously you get fooled on a fake too. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a that was it was a short yardage. And all four of those happened before the Packers faked it. So of course, four big special teams errors. And Ron Zook, it's not like it's this is like new. I've seen Ron Zook just lack. Any control with his special teams unit before, and you know, I know these these guys are all effort guys, and you have to you know you have to play in special teams. You got to stay in your lanes, and you got to play under these certain rules, just like it is on defense or even offense. But just see, he lacks a little bit of maybe creativity or control over his guys, what have you. I mean, special teams is small when it really comes down to, it, but it is you know it's but part it of the be game. A game changer. Exactly. We saw that a couple weeks ago with Montgomery. Absolutely. So. We'll see what happens and you, you kind throughout of talk the year. About control mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I feel like special teams gets a lot of flags too. Yeah. Aside from errors, there's a lot of flags, whether it's illegal blocking or there was even early movement. It's like sure, yeah. On, and like, that, I mean that's that's throughout the league though. You've seen yeah. that for years and years and years. Even with these, now they have the new rules. You know, it's the 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 double team block where you can't do that and. Um, now you have guys where they only can line up in certain areas on the field on kickoffs, and now even the kickoff goes in the end zone. It's not a touchback. So it's there's all these new rules that they're trying to implement with the special teams, and you have so many small plays for special teams, and if you're going to have, you know, on 40, 40%, 50% of them have flags thrown, it just kind of kind of lacks any, I guess, real value to the, to the game. Uh, a couple other notes that I saw um, looking – I guess today on Twitter and after the game, uh, Nick Peary, like I said, did hurt his knee. Kentrell Bryce was uh, viewed at the locker room today or you know in the press conferences in a walking boot. Um, a couple of guys didn't practice today. I know it was uh, Lucas Patrick obviously had the concussion. Jimmy Graham didn't practice because of his knee. Kevin King didn't practice, surprise, surprise, with a hamstring. Uh, I don't think Randall Cobb did either. Um, so, you know, it's Monday. Uh, guys have to rest up. They're leaving town. I, guess. I was going to say it's when, Monday, but yeah. it's basically By the time you hear like this Wednesday. podcast, it'll be the guys will be in, you know, in a flight headed two time zones west to play Seattle. Uh, before we talk about the Seattle matchup on Thursday, though, the Packers did bring in two receivers um, this afternoon for practices, uh, a little tryout, if you will, uh, one being K.J. Brent who, if you look him up on Wikipedia, ESPN, wherever, not a lot to talk about K.J. Brent. Uh, He went to the powerhouse of South Carolina Wake Forest. Excuse me, South Carolina and Wake Forest. So it's more notable than when I actually read it. So two different colleges. Uh, Played for the Raiders, Seahawks, and Colts. 
I thought it was one of those moves where they brought him in right before they play the opponent type thing. Yeah, kind of. Bill just... Belichick used to do that all the time when they would play the Jets when Eric Mangini would be there. I think that's how, like how um, Danny Woodhead ended up on the team back in the day. But I digress. He's a six four two zero seven. Take that for what it is. And then also a little bit more, I guess, has more experience. DeAndre White or DeAndre White, excuse me, uh, played college ball at Alabama. Has bounced around the league as well. Uh, drafted by the Ni- or signed by the Niners in 2015 on the Patriots team, Tech Texans, Broncos, Panthers. Yeah, he's yeah. a two-time BCS championship winner and won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 51. So, not a lot. He, he knows how to win. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, when you play for Alabama and the Patriots, yeah, yeah. probably. He's six foot one ninety two. Maybe return guy. I'm not sure that he doesn't fit the bill right now of the receivers that the Packers are bringing in. But uh, no note if those uh, either of those gentlemen made the team. So but just we, probably keep an eye out for what's going to happen with them if anything does happen. Yeah, we'll see, I mean, we'd probably know by I guess tomorrow morning before they would actually you know take off to go to um, go to Seattle. But we look. Janelle to Thursday, short week. Uh, Seahawks are coming off a 3 o'clock game versus the Rams. Tough game again. They played them super tough. Came down yeah, one of the final plays honestly. again. Um, that's how the first game went, too. And the Seahawks were playing much worse football at the time, too. But, you know, it's these these short weeks traveling to the West Coast, they suck. It makes for poor football on Thursdays. We've seen that. And to top it all off, it's always a physical game between the Packers and the Seahawks. A little bit different personnel at this point. I would say the, the Seahawks are relying more, relying on more of their offense at this point before the, yeah, uh, exactly. the rivalry yeah. kind of was what it, what it is now uh, or was. But It's kind of fizzled a little bit, but it's still in the back of the brain. Definitely, definitely. And it looks like uh, Chris Carson was out this past week with a hip. He's going to play. Uh, Mike Davis is going to play. And uh, Rashad Penny, who didn't really do anything until this week, uh, the rookie that everyone was scratching their head about that they drafted, still wondering why they drafted him. A lot of people, I, I know I was. But, uh, you know, a couple running backs they got there, Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, Vinette's been making a couple plays on the tight end. Uh, defensively, I, you, know, you know, the Griffin brothers, they're, they're mm-hmm. a fun, great story. Can't, can't deny that, but... It, it's really going to come down to Russell Wilson, I think, is really in what Petten can throw at him. I think it's going to yeah. be really exciting, finally, to have someone that will scheme against a guy like Russell Wilson. And going from Osweiler, who is almost like a stone mm-hmm. behind yes. his line, to Russell Wilson, who is a very mobile quarterback, yeah. it's going to be a change in a short amount of time. So defense, hopefully, will be able to keep up with that because the last couple, they went from off the bye playing Jared Goff mm-hmm. and then Tom Brady mm-hmm. and then Brock Osweiler. Mm-hmm. So those are three quarterbacks who don't really move around a lot. No. So they're really going to have to adjust to that. And I think aside from that, as long as they keep playing as aggressive as they have been, um, I'm not too worried because although Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, mm-hmm. the defense did play well against some great quarterbacks these last few weeks. So. For sure, for sure. And I hope that – the line can get to him too as much as they did to Brock. So, and I don't think the Seahawks' offensive line is 
improved in the last couple of years. It's still been porous, so that should help. I would imagine, you know, we talked a little before, uh, the Dolphins were lacking a lot of uh, offensive players, especially their offensive linemen, and I think that's just a good you know, indication of you're playing against another weak offensive line with the Seahawks, what the Packers can do. A uh, couple other things here, you know, fourth down, that fourth and two, uh, where they line up with Devontae Adams in the backfield, Dolphins call timeout, and they still run the same play, but they don't throw it to Adams. Kind of strange, you know, yeah, didn't understand Rogers that. Rodgers gets taken from both ends, on like rushers on both sides, mm-hmm. and only thing I was really upset about with that was there was a horse collar. Was there? Yeah. I didn't see that. I think it was that play. There was a horse okay. collar, and I was like... Like tackling Rodgers? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I've got him on... It looked like they were grabbing him on the back if I'm... Okay. Like if that okay. is the play. So okay. I was like... No, I know what you're talking about. I was like, hey, got to call that. Yeah. That would have been also huge. Also, really weird play to run. Very anyways, strange. Like, Very strange. And the fact that there was like relatively nobody even making contact with those rushers. Mm-hmm. Not, like, not even a brush. And, I, and I, actually, on that play, too, it was like um, they had, I want to say, like, Jimmy Graham was in the slot off of Balaga's side. Yeah. And they, like, moved him in more. Like, Rogers he, like, hey, come closer. Yeah. And he, like, came up right next to Balaga and then still didn't block yeah. the end. I don't know if it was Wake or Quinn I at the time. But he blew right around. I'm like, well, that didn't make sense. Yeah, You're Graham blocking six and still screwed up with four guys rushing. Didn't really do anything for him and... No. That's kind of frustrating to have a guy as big as Jimmy Graham not be able to help with the protection mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. And overall, again, uh, this is the first game in a while that I noticed no delay of game calls, nothing coming mm-hmm. down to the wire where we have to burn timeouts. I think there was one play where they burned a timeout with like five minutes left in a quarter. I think it was the end of the maybe the first half. But, you know, finally, that you know, hasn't been a problem anymore. Um, I really, really want the Packers to finally get a road win, though. That's that's really yeah, what this team needs. Yeah, it's fun to win at home, but gotta get that road win. Uh, last thing I want to point, just say I so I'm watching the game, and normally at my house I just have bunny ears because I'm really cheap and I don't care to pay, and that's all I watch is football, anyways. <laughs> but I was watching on a, a cable box. I'm like, oh, I need to rewind that because I need to hear what they said. Did you hear the announcer say that the Packers had their first third down sack? In the red zone in thirty-one plays or yeah. thirty-one games. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I had to like, I heard it. I heard I thirty-one it was almost games. Like a skewed stat. I like, I did too. That's what I'm like. I heard. There's no way. When I hear something, just I'm, I could be barely paying attention, but I hear the first time something's happened in thirty-one games and it's about the Packers. I'm like, I'm absolutely rewinding that. And mm-hmm. I knew it was a sack. And I'm like, no kidding. That's yeah. That's zone, two years. That's yeah, crazy. That's embarrassing. It's terrible. But like. But it's, I don't know, that was, yeah, that, was that, that was amazing to me. That was an odd odd stat. I was like, okay, well, at least that streak is broken because mm-hmm. before that I was afraid, what was it, the Dolphins hadn't had a scoring drive on their first drive, like, all year. And it honestly looked like that <laughs> should was have happened happen. besides a botched snap. And then, yeah, Osweiler fumbles it to kind of <laughs> save the Packers from having to be the first one to allow it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just – weird things in those first couple minutes so definitely and i think kyler fackrell actually got that sack on the third down if i'm not mistaken in the red zone i'm pretty sure like i would yeah yeah he's kind of he's kind of flown under the radar (laughs) for a while but then this game all of a sudden it was like all about him yeah like he was king and it was awesome and speaking of defense Mm -hmm. 
EQ kind of looked like he could play defense the way you think he so? blocked. <laughs> like, that was a pretty hard hit. So if we ever run out of defenders You were upset there, about it, I saw on Twitter. I, was, I wasn't, like, <laughs> upset. I think I was just confused because yeah. it looked like he made the legal hit. Mm-hmm. But when you hit somebody that hard, yeah. it, it looks illegal. And I mean, he's coming... It's not like he was coming across the grain or, like, coming yeah. on the blind side. He's literally running right at the guy, like, coming straight downhill at him. He's yeah. just not looking. I thought that he, like... Yeah, I agree, But too. then there were mm-hmm. people telling me um, that you can't block back towards the line of scrimmage. But the thing is, with that play, there was offsetting penalties. They mm-hmm. never said what the penalty was for. Mm-hmm. They didn't say if it was for blocking towards the line of scrimmage or if it was for hitting a defenseless player. So I'm just kind of un, like unsettled with yeah. what happened because I don't know what the call was. I think and I'll that never is, know. That, that's true. I think that, well, I think the rule is, yeah, you can't come back towards the line of scrimmage. I think that is correct. But, but I'm not know. sure if they called it for the hit because right. that was a really big hit. And I'm a big hockey fan, so I was like, yeah, put the big hit on him. But yeah, that's, I was like, that's oh, just wait, normal. That's just, wait, that's... this is football. You probably can't do that. <laughs> So, that's yeah, that's they, normal hockey stuff. So, yeah, if we ever need somebody in the backfield, like, with the DBs, EQ can hit somebody. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's all we have for you tonight or this morning or this afternoon, wherever, whatever time you're whatever listening. Time you're listening. <laughs> uh, maybe you're listening to it later in the week right before the uh, Seahawks game. But, like we said, the Packers do play the Seattle Seahawks Thursday night, 7.20 on Fox. We'll get Troy. Oh, and Joe, yes. Which I thought we were actually going to have them for the Miami game, but then it was on CBS. I was like, okay, we don't have them. Which I still like. I still like Joe. Troy's just kind of stupid. He just says things where I'm like, I, you're just saying like extra words to sound intelligent. Troy. There was a petition going around a few years ago I know, to get them. I know. I've to heard never it. announce. I wonder whatever Miami. happened to it. <laughs> but uh, they play at Seattle. Then they play at the Vikings. Um, I believe that's a Sunday nighter. So Janelle and I will be back after that game. Uh, those are two huge road games right now. Vikings, Vikings look really good. Uh, Bears look really, really good. Lions looked horrendous yesterday, so I don't think we have to worry about them anymore. I'm yeah, gonna, and hopefully, I'm, I think um, this week the I think it's the Vikings and the Bears play. So hopefully, they can just like yeah. beat up on each yep. other a little bit. Hopefully, mm-hmm. the Bears can beat up on the Vikings. So. The Packers can have the long week going into that game, yeah, and they'll be a little days. bit more beat up from it. So for sure, those are two; those can be two really tough away games, just because like it's Seattle and it's Minnesota. Yeah, Seattle obviously there's history there, and then Minnesota just is Minnesota. So definitely, it's gonna be, and hopefully that one doesn't end in a tie, also because that's oh, really God. gonna skew the division. <laughs> <laughs> because that I think we joked about that won. weeks ago if they would tie them again what would happen but no, yeah, I don't want do two ties do they just play like play again like somebody's got to win mm-hmm. it so no. they do a kickoff yeah that's our <laughs> if it happens again they hopefully will go into the kickoff because that would be exciting for sure uh, as always follow Packaday Podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast you can follow Janelle at Big Mac underscore four you can follow me at Matt underscore FRA underscore uh, I'm sure you already sus- subscribed to the podcast uh, if you haven't feel free to do so on iTunes Google Play wherever else 
you feel the need to uh, subscribe to a podcast or listen to a podcast, uh, leave a review. Hopefully it's a thought-provoking one. And five out of five stars is good in English class as long. And also, you know, grading podcasts. Uh, we are also on Facebook once again. Tomorrow you will hear Nick and Jacob. Uh, I'm sure they'll be giving you their take on the, obviously the game, and the previewing of the Seahawks game. And uh, Nick is the person that always puts out the outros for all of these episodes that he does the day after the game or the night of or Sometimes he sends them at like 2 a.m. and I'm like, this, yeah. this guy's really just like really doing it. So yeah, so uh, credit to him for always having super good an sound awesome bites. Outro. You got Wayne Larravee and uh, Larry McCarron, always really really good. So keep doing your thing, Nick. But um, this was episode 111 of the Pack a Day podcast. You guys have a great week. Um, be ready for Thursday night. And as always, you know, steps back okay. to an empty shotgun. Three receivers bunch right. Two are split to the left. Backers showing blitz up the gut, snap over the head of Osweiler. It's up for grabs, and recovered by Green Bay. Kenny Clark all over it at the 30-yard line of the Packers. Adams goes wide to the left. Offset eye in the backfield, Rodgers straight back to throw. Looks, left side of the end zone, diving grab, touchdown, Delontae Adams. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks in under center. They get motion from St. Brown to the left side. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's a handoff up the middle. Big haul, straight ahead. Here's Aaron Jones, off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sidelines, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the five-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a first, 67 yards. Jimmy Graham wide to the right side. Three receivers bunched tight on the left. Aaron Jones on the left side of the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers in shotgun. Hand off Jones, picks his way off the right side, fights for the goal line, and did he get in? Yes, he did. Touchdown. Second down and nine from the 27 of Miami. Osweiler play action, deep drop, throws left side, intercepted. Down the right sideline with Sean Breland inside the 20, and he's forked out of bounds. Breland with his first interception for the Packers. Single safety high Miami. Soft coverage on the corner, snap to Rodgers on second down at 25. Lost right side, Pat Adams at the 5, cuts it back, end zone, high stepping, touchdown! Devontae Adams popped wide open, 26-yard touchdown catch, and it's 27-12 Green Bay. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.